Howdy, howdy, everybody. This is Jared Sterrett, and you're listening to KZCC LP 106.1 Conroe and KZCW LP 104.5 in Conroe and worldwide at OurLoneStar.com. Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are Texas licensed attorneys and we're here as a public service to help you provide information on different legal topics. We know you have lots of questions. We have clients that always have lots of questions and you can send us your questions if you want to ask us something specifically about what we're talking about or what we have talked about on our past shows. Just email us at questions at legalconnectionshow.com. And you can check us out live on Facebook. We're live on Facebook at facebook.com slash legalconnectionshow. You can also send us your questions there. So today, Tony and I are going to be talking about the Texas Lemon Law and buying a used car in Texas. I know I get a lot of questions, and Tony has told me that she gets a lot of questions When you buy a used car and you start to have problems with it, and the typical question is, isn't there a lemon law in Texas? Well, what consumers don't know, and we're here to answer your consumer questions as a public service, your legal questions, but what consumers typically don't know is, yes, there is a lemon law in Texas, but it doesn't apply to used cars. So, you know, for the first part of the show, we're going to be talking about what the Texas lemon law does cover. And then in the second part of the show, we're going to be talking about buying a used car. That is not covered. The Lemon Law does not cover used car purchases, but there are federal uh, things that that cover used car purchases that require the uh, dealership to uh, notify you, the used car purchaser, of certain things. And but it's it's very narrow, and and the Texas Lemon Law is narrow too. So just a little bit on the Texas Lemon Law. Um, you know, all states have lemon laws, and basically, lemon laws or so-called lemon laws protect consumers from, now here's the key language, substantial defects occurring within a specified period after you purchase, and they provide that the manufacturer either has to replace the lemon with a new, a comparable car, or refund the full purchase price. Now, you know, um, uh, Basically, it, and that's very narrow, it's, it basically protects the consumer if you really purchased a lemon. Something's just wrong with that car. It's not standard problems. It's something is just recurring, and there's a substantial defect that affects the car's safety or the car's value, okay? And it's interesting because there are, you know, if you did have a problem, say you actually purchased a lemon, there's something wrong with this car, there's, uh, it keeps whining uh, when you drive it, no matter how many times you take it into the dealership to fix the problem, uh, the air conditioner whistles constantly. And, uh, you know, there are some time, uh, some requirements, specifications that you can uh actually have that addressed, and, and that makes that car a lemon, especially if you, uh, if that's supposed to be a luxury car and supposed to, you know, create peace. There's a case, you know, it's supposed to be peaceful and relaxing, and it just turns into a nightmare in Texas in the summer when you're trying to drive that car, and uh, the air conditioning is whistling at you. But the interesting thing is that um, 
there's approximately 15 million vehicles sold in America annually. And um, automakers actually repurchase approximately 50,000 vehicles a year. Now, that's not very many. What percentage do you think that is? Uh, well, this we could do the stat math. says uh, 0.33%. But that's I'm thinking, many. well, it doesn't make sense because if 15 million, I think that's a bad stat because if 15 million vehicles are sold annually mm-hmm. and they only repurchase 50,000, that's not 30%. Oh, I thought you said 3%. Three percent. Yeah, right. That might be three percent. That's what it is. Three <laughs> percent. Yeah. So I, I, mean, I don't know. Do you know anybody that's ever exercised their rights to the lemon law? I do not. I do not. I know more people, and I get more questions about people that have bought used car from dealerships. Are they're deemed used cars because there's a, a federal law? And I have it in front of me, but but basically after it has so many miles on it, it's deemed a used car. Mm-hmm. And they all believe that this lemon law protects them or they've got right. some kind of implied um, warranty. warranty. Mm-hmm. And um, man, buyer beware. It is uh, just a shark's world out there if you're buying used cars. No kidding. Uh, the stories I get over and over are, particularly in Texas, because we have laws that are very favorable to the people selling the cars. Mm-hmm. Um, for you to make sure that you have examined your car You've test-driven it. You had a mechanic look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, that that you've got something in writing about warranty and its background. If you question anything, because the instant that you drive off of that lot, or you've you've, I guess, particularly if you're buying it from a, a dealership, um, when you drive off that lot, it's they can actually uh, first you don't have uh, any. It's going to be very difficult for you to to show the liability to the dealership if you don't take care of your end of the, of the, uh, I guess, what am I saying? The work? The due diligence. The due diligence, mm-hmm. yeah, right. If you don't get, so I guess the bottom, the lemon law is so important, and that's what we're going to go over a couple of cases that we've had with our own clients and some of our, our viewer questions, our listener questions. But um, as far as the used cars go, uh, the lemon law will not apply. No. All of the clients that I have that call me, and they always say the same thing. Yeah, I just bought this car this weekend, or... Last month, mm-hmm. you know, I was told by the person I purchased it from or the dealership mm-hmm. or, you know, online that there was nothing wrong with it. I did the, the, the check, you know, I did the Carfax. There was nothing, no problems with it. Right. And then they're halfway to Louisiana and the transmission goes out. Right. Or the air conditioner doesn't work. Right. Or the windows don't work. Something that mm-hmm. you would have expected a car that's fairly new but still used to work. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, unlike in the District of Columbia and some other states, you are up, you know what, creek. Because mm-hmm. um, if in Texas, uh, your implied warranty is only going to, you're only going to be able to prove it if if you can prove that that there was something wrong with it before you left the lot or you purchased it. Well, and the problem that we have with these, with these lemons, these cars that are actually lemons that are replaced, mm-hmm. you know, to the consumer, they get a new car. Mm-hmm. There are very little restrictions on what happens to those cars when they're put back in the market, yes. and once you hit a state border, yes, there's, there's, I mean, you can, they can pretty much, I mean, sometimes they put you on notice that the car is substantially uh, affected its value or its safety. They'll put you on notice, but that's really not followed and up on. It's not that all used car salesmen, which attorneys have been referred to that, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, have, we have been compared to them. Yeah. Um, it's not that all used car salesmen are bad. In fact, most of them are actually pretty nice. Right. I, I knew um, 
several men that uh, had used car dealerships and they bought cars at auctions and they fixed them up very well. Right. And no one had any problems with them and everything was on the up and up. But that's not always the case. People Mm -hmm. get cars and and I was just going to go over a few of the scams that you have to be aware of when you buy for the the lemon laws. Yeah. Well, lemon law is going to be for new cars. Right. And you really have so many protections with when you're dealing with buying a new car because you're going to have the manufacturer's warranty. That's right. And these days um, they'll go for maybe six years. You can buy the extended warranty. Mm -hmm. Um, You're going to have the warranty from the dealership. Um, most people know that when you go to the dealership, if they don't, they should know, they should have somebody go with them, mm-hmm. um, that you need to read everything very cl- closely, mm-hmm. um, have an attorney look at it even, have just fax it to your friend that's attorney. Everybody in the world is an attorney these days. Mm-hmm. Um, have them look at it. If they tell you when you go to finance it, the person that's selling it to you, that um, they need to go get approval from the financing guy and then come back, read it again because you don't know if they've changed something. That's right. Very, very important. Right. And... Um, what happened to one of my friends not too long ago, who's also a client, um, he purchased a car, two cars from CarMax. And uh, the first one, uh, they're both used cars, mm-hmm. um, did the the, the the background check, did the test drive, did the Carfax, got every, you know, this guy is an astute businessman. Mm-hmm. Um, he went through and he got financing on one car for his wife. Right. Okay. And then um, they, they made a deal with him where they said, hey, um, if you uh, buy a second car, we'll get you even a better deal. And so mm-hmm. he's like, fine. And um, he gave him all the stuff. He was self-employed. Uh, he gave him all the, the records. And they called him back two weeks later after he drove off the lot, gave him all the down payments, mm-hmm. did the, you know, the mm-hmm. trade-ins, the whole bit. You right. know, I think he gave him like uh, $4,000 for the both cars for the down payments. Expensive cars, like in my opinion, 25000 roughly a piece. Mm-hmm. And um, they said that the second car didn't get approved for financing mm-hmm. and they were, he needed to bring it back. And he said, no, I guess I'll bring it back if you give me my money back, mm-hmm. my down payment. And they said, no, right. you're not going to get your down payment back. And if you don't bring it back to us, we're going to uh, repossess it. And so he called me and I'm, I'm asking about this and, you know, questioning everything. And I got with CarMax and CarMax basically said, well, we don't think he was honest on his application and it went through a different financing company. So we're repossessing it. And they were just adamant. Ultimately, I had to uh, file a suit against CarMax, and, um, and and he's got his car right now. But but you can't. You have to be strong, and you have to know your rights. And and he left the lot without a final approval. Mm-hmm. And CarMax basically said, "We've got the title, right. and we're going to come repo it." And they send the repo guys out. Yeah, and this is an astute businessman, a very well off. And CarMax. I mean, you would think CarMax wouldn't. Yes. Well, you know, it's been known to happen that the consumer leaves the the old car as a Mm trade-in, and they just need a signature, which Mm -hmm. sounds kind of like what you're talking Mm -hmm. about. They just need a signature from some manager that's higher up. Mm -hmm. It's just a mere formality. Mm -hmm. And then guess what? They leave their car as a trade-in, and they drive off with a new car, Mm -hmm. and then their credit's not approved. So now they've sold the used the car that he that he yeah, the right. customer mm-hmm. brought in as a trade in mm-hmm. and the consumer is stuck with a new car at a higher payment higher because rate, their credit higher supposedly are you're subject to not getting your title because they're going to hold it or repossess it if you don't make your payments and here's another thing if you tell like with my guy um I had advised him to go ahead and make all the payments they wouldn't accept his payments they said we don't care if you've made the payments because because we're not approving you for the loan now he was current on his payments he had the car. Everything was good to go. The guy was in his, like I say, he was a good guy. We, we, we've known him for a long time. And uh, they said, we don't care. We're not approving the loan. And you, we're calling the note. You owe us basically after every all of the financing was done, you owe us 
about $23,000. And if you don't give us the car back, there's going to be attorney's fees on top of that. And ultimately resolved it and he kept the car. But um, this is the threats that they give you. We're not mm-hmm. going to give you your title. Right. And it was all, be- and he was basically approved as far as he knew when he drove off the lot. And that's just not the case. And so it's really, the problem is that he drove off the lot without having everything signed by everybody that needed but to be he signed. he understood late Saturday afternoon that he was approved. They gave him the car. They, get, they charged him the prep fees. Um, it was, and it would be like you and me buying a car. He, he believed that he had just bought this car. And there, and I will tell you this, my, my brother-in-law used to sell used cars at a really good uh, dealership. And I have never heard any horror stories from him. And right. so you've got good guys and you've got yeah. bad guys. Yeah. So you just don't know, but you've got to protect yourself because mm-hmm. you can't rely on somebody that you don't know selling you a car. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Okay. So mm-hmm. I wanted to go into... Um, some of the used car buying scams. Well, before we do that, let's wrap well, up the lemon law. <laughs> let's talk about the the new cars and how the lemon law applies. Say, for example, you get a new car and it really is a lemon. Right. You got a crummy car. Mm-hmm. It keeps breaking down. Uh, the dealer is allowed some reasonable attempts to fix your car. Okay. You got this brand new car. Mm-hmm. It's covered by all this warranty, mm-hmm. but let's it's a lemon. Let's use an example. What, what, let's use uh, oh, the kind of car that you would buy new. What would that be? Uh I don't know. Your Ferrari? It, no. Don't <laughs> like Ferraris. I don't like that sound that Ferraris make. I don't. Wow. Everybody thinks that's cool, but it would drive me nuts. We just went to and went to the, the Ferrari Museum. And yeah, We well, love that. Ink. Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, a new BMW, you know. Yeah, say, say you buy a new BMW. It's brand new, yeah. and it's covered by all the I'll warranties and all that. Okay, I'll go with BMW. And something... Just the car keeps breaking down. You know, yes. you keep hearing this this clanking in the engine. And BMWs don't clank. Let's, okay, uh, but uh, let's pretend like it's a lemon and okay. it's clanking. And so you, it's clanking. More likely, clanking. your electric system is giving you all kind of signals in your your dash that are saying all kinds yeah, of things. Yeah, it's are wrong. flashing. Okay. It's flashing. And it's your car you. shuts down when those things start flashing. Oh, you've got a Mercedes right, or BMW. Right. The okay. car just shuts down. Power to the engine is off. So you take it in. The if it's if it's a safety issue, the dealer is allowed one attempt. Okay. If it's a safety issue, if you're driving down the street and the car just okay. shuts down, or you're on the highway going seventy and the car shuts down, that's a safety issue, right? <laughs> so the dealer is allowed one attempt to fix the car. Okay. If it just applies and not just, I mean, it's significant because mm-hmm. we're talking about resale value and all that. But if it affects the car's value. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the dealer is allowed some reasonable attempts, and that's kind of where it gets murky. What are reasonable attempts? Uh So we've got the four times test. We've Uh got the serious safety. What's the four times test? We've got the serious safety hazard test, and then we've got the 30-day test. Okay, what are those three? So the four times test Uh is uh, if you've taken it, taken the car to the dealer four times Mm -hmm. for the same defect. Okay. Um, Or within the first two, two years, or yeah, I know the dealer gets a lot of breaks, mm-hmm. really, and it's a big hassle to the consumer. As long as you're getting a loaner car, I guess it doesn't matter, and they're pretty quick about you know, or maybe they drop it to your house. But four times right. is a little extensive. Uh huh. And the problem continues to exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's within the first two years or twenty four thousand miles, mm-hmm. uh, and the problem continues. That's a four times test. Mm-hmm. The serious safety hazard test is uh, if there's a life-threatening malfunction that substantially impedes your ability to control or operate the vehicle, like for what we were talking about, it just shuts down. Mm -hmm. You can't operate it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can take it into the dealership two or more times to repair the serious safety hazard, Mm -hmm. and it also uh, is often the first two years or 24,000 miles, and the problem continues to exist. Mm -hmm. 
And then the 30-day test is if your vehicle is in the shop Mm -hmm. or out of commission for 30 days, that doesn't have to be contiguous days. Mm -hmm. It can be five days here, 20 days there. Then that's another test. And then after that, if if you you, uh, qualify for one of these tests that your car has been out of commission Mm -hmm. or you've taken it in two times for a serious safety issue Mm -hmm. or four times you've taken it back for this same thing, then what will happen is you and the automaker and the dealer will go to arbitration. Mm-hmm. And well, I would think that that's relative, that'll be subject to whatever the contract is when you bought it, but arbitration clauses are probably written into the new they car are. sales contract. They are. And some states just have arbitration just for this. It's so common. Does Texas? Does Texas? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Texas is not. Sam big. calling you on it. <laughs> well, does it? A lot of the. Um, uh, I think it all goes to the contract. I don't think Texas Well, of course has, it does. Yeah. It goes to the contract, right. and so, I'm sure it's, it's written in the contract. And I would say, I don't know if we actually manufacture any cars in Texas. They're mostly Detroit, or they're going to be in Italy or France or whatever, but almost all of the new car contracts we, that I've seen have an arbitration clause. I think we, manuf- we manufacture GMs. In Texas? Yeah, Arlington, yeah, in, Texas. Uh, I, yeah. I guess they would be Texas, but no. I'm just thinking that, um, I guess, does Arlington have a plant? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. See, I we don't have any in Houston, to my knowledge. Yeah, we manufacture cars in Texas. Okay. But as far as arbitration, they would go to arbitration. And it's important for our listeners to know that, that the automaker and the dealer is going to argue that the consumer didn't keep it up with its... Uh, its uh, Maintenance. Maintenance. Mm-hmm. Didn't keep it up with that. So it's very important for our listeners to know that they need to keep all their records. Yeah, but you're talking to the few listeners that actually buy brand new cars. I don't know anyone that buys brand new cars. Well, but that's what the lemon law applies to. It applies to brand new cars. So all people buying used cars, remember, you can't scream lemon law. It doesn't work. And you can't say three-day rule. That doesn't work. Three-day, you can't say after three days, I can go back because you gave me a raw deal. That's just not the way it is unless you've got some warranty. So you better get in writing whatever your warranties are and... Uh, but before you leave with that car, before you part with your money, because you're not going to get your money back unless you've got some proof. And so you have to be very, very careful when you're buying a used car, no matter how pretty it looks. It's like a real pretty girl. It looks great on the outside, but the inside sometimes is just corroded and damaged. And so you need to to go through all of those, that due diligence to make sure that you're covered. Uh, Particularly if you think that, um, that they're selling you a bad car uh, especially the ones that have come on the market, like after Katrina and after the flooding uh, situations that we've had. So that goes to— Exactly. Yeah, that could be something, and they don't have to give you much notice for those things. Well, no, I mean, no, I mean, they do, but they actually have to tell you it's fraud if they don't tell you well, it's Well, there aren't strict requirements that are followed. It's not high on their list to you for used cars. Right. For new cars, it's different. Well, that's why everybody knows when you buy—that's what we are telling women and guys that yeah. don't sell cars or— and I think all the guys I've ever known have been car aficionados. Uh, almost every guy from the time that they're 15 or 16 is that I had any dealings with has been familiar with buying used cars, selling used cars, the mechanics of it, fixing them. Um, I almost don't know any guys that don't ha- haven't kind of, you know, uh, I guess dabbled in it a little bit. Right. Not that they're good. No, but they know. <laughs> they do. And, and it's not women, a girl thing. We just rely on guys to show up in the really pretty car and take us out. And, you know, right. Off and help us when we need to buy a yes, car. and fix it when we have flats. Uh-huh. But the lemon law applies to cars, trucks, motorcycles, motorhomes, all-terrain vehicles are covered, and some demonstrator vehicles, and uh, cars that are under the manufacturer's warranty, some extended warranty, 
but uh, not an extended service contract. Right, would you get those calls, those little robocalls at your house when you've got a 10-year-old car? <laughs> right, and I want to say this, too, that if you do go to arbitration, it's better if you're represented by an attorney. Attorneys don't have to be present, but they know how to argue with the auto manufacturers who say, well, you know, it's not, doesn't affect the safety of the car. It doesn't affect the car's value. Oh, yeah. You didn't uh, follow up with your I have a couple of people that went to arbitration on their own, and they did really well, but they were, like, on top of the game. They, they asked for legal advice before going and what to right. argue. Yeah. They, they, you have to really determine before you go to arbitration if it's binding or not. The binding arbitration, oh, my gosh, by all means, do all your homework. Get an attorney if you can. Yeah. Because it's binding. It's like a trial. Yeah. You're stuck yeah. with it. That's right. Non-binding is like a mediation, and you can pretty much just say, I'm walking away from this, and I will. Uh, I guess once you don't settle, you might you have some um, ability to go to a, a real court. And arbitration is a real court, but it's just ex- more expensive, and it's a little bit biased. You don't know who— if you're going to an arbitration like through the dealership, it, yeah, you're probably going to the same one that Ford, Honda, the dealerships have used before. Yeah. And so they know that the players on the car dealership side. Mm-hmm. So you're at a disadvantage. And arbitration is typically binding on the manufacturer, but not binding on the consumer. So, oh, is that right? Yeah. Now, where, yeah. Does that, where did you learn that? Well, I did my research for this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Typically binding on, binding on the manufacturer, but not binding on the consumer. So that's interesting. So having said all that, I guess we'll go to break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about used cars, which is really what we wanted to focus on. We'll talk about you and used cars. (laughs) Uh, We will be right back. uh, The Legal Connection Show with Tony and Cheryl after the break. Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub Podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. <laughs> Path to the Plate is a research-based education program that helps consumers understand how their food choices impact their health by making the connection to agriculture. Learning about how food is grown and produced and how consumers can make better food choices for themselves and their families, Path to the Plate is all about dispelling myths and misconceptions. Find out more online at pathtotheplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1 and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. Welcome back to the Legal Connection Show with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are here today <coughs> talking about the Texas Lemon Law, and now we're going to talk about buying used cars and what to do, what to think about when you're buying a used car because 
there's not a lot of protections for consumers that buy used Buyer cars that beware have... beware is a caveat emptor. <coughs> it is the most important thing that uh, you have to realize when you're buying a used car. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to defer here over to our station manager. Have you ever bought a used car? No. You've never bought a used car? No. Have well, you ever bought Tony, a new you car? said all, everybody mostly buys used yes, cars. Yes, I did. This is, I'm surprised. Have you ever bought a new car? Yes. Oh, my gosh. You're, you are the person that I would not, didn't even know existed. <laughs> a young guy that's never bought a used car. Okay, so um, how many new cars have you bought? I've bought one. Okay, so you bought one new car. And uh, with, I guess I'm, I'm curious, what is the make and model? It is a Ford Focus 2000, I want to say 10. Okay, so you've had it for a while then. Yeah. So you got a good deal. Yeah. You're still driving your Ford Focus? Yeah. Yeah, good for wow. you. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And so it was, you, didn't, you have not had any problems with your car then? No. So this good. show means nothing to you? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. We know that's uh, not true. I will say this. Uh, I get so many calls on people that are, you know, halfway to, uh, you know, a BFE. And they're like, my car broke down. I what is BFE? Uh, it's a bad word. Um, blah, 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 blah. On your way to Egypt, but I, I, was, I always think of it going halfway to Dallas. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> it's a bad word. <laughs> now, he knew that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> being on the radio. Okay. Um, here's what you need to know. What are your legal rights when, when you buy a used car? When you buy a used car from a dealer, um, you have the right to receive a car that runs, that can be driven safely, and that is reasonably reliable. And that right is called an implied warranty of mercantility. Uh, the problem we have with that in Texas is that that is your right, but if they can, if you cannot prove that if anything went wrong, that it went wrong um, before you bought it, then it doesn't apply because that's the he said, she said. Well, it was fine, and then I can't help that you bought an older car, you drove off a lot, and now the windows don't roll down. Mm-hmm. So that's when you need to say you need to get something in writing because you may question it. That's why as is is not, the implied warranty is something you can fight in court, but will it be worth it when you're buying a $2,000 car right. that you need $2,000 worth of work on, right. okay? Get this question all the time. Yeah. If there's a problem with yeah. the car that prevents you from operating it or operating it safely, um, then the dealer, if they sold you the, the, the used car, is legally required to fix it provided you have some kind of a written warranty and it wasn't as is, or you can prove this implied wor- warranty of mercantility, all right? Um, if the dealer cannot or will not fix the problem, you have a rich right to return the car for a refund or receive some money back, provided that you had that warranty, if it's a used car, all right? Generally, the greater the mileage on the car and the older the car and the less expensive the car, the more serious a defect must be before you have, the, uh, before you have a right to have the dealer fix it. And the more likely it is when you buy a used car that there's going to be a problem. <laughs> and so, like, for example, what do you mean by that? The more serious the defect needs to be before you right. have... Right. If you're buying a, a, a 10-year-old car mm-hmm. and it uh, the transmission goes out the day after you bought it. Right. And if you didn't buy... You had no warranties on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a 10-year-old car and, and it's a, there's a high likelihood that the manufacturer's warranty's out, that it's never been replaced. Um, you should have known that you were buying a car whose transmission may not be in the best of shape or may need to be replaced. Just because of the age of the car and the price well, of the car. That if it puts was you on a, notice. Well, yeah, if you bought yeah. a 50, if the car was worth, uh, was uh, valued at, say, 50000 10 years ago, yeah. and you're buying it for 4000 now, yeah. you're buying basically the wheels. Uh, you're hoping it works. Um, 
if you've got a mechanic that looked at it, it may work. And I know that our car's got about 400,000 miles on it, and it's um, over 10 years old. Your car's got 400,000, 400, and it's a, a, I will just a big shout out to um, Chevy Tahoe's. This car drives like a dream. Wow. We've had very few problems with it. We, we maintain it, like you were saying. We change the oil. We keep up with it. That car drives like a dream. And one of the Chevy dealerships that we talked to said if we could get it to a million miles, that Chevy would give us a new car <laughs> if we could keep it up. But we maintain that thing like like I maintain my own body, you yeah. know, 58. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm just maintaining it all the time. I give mm-hmm. good food in it. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm exercising mm-hmm. the whole thing. So you do the same thing for your car and it'll last a lot longer. But if somebody bought that car from us and they didn't check it out, they they it could be that the transmission will go out tomorrow. Right. There's no guarantee, especially when they buy it with you know uh, so old. Mm-hmm. So so you have to you're taking that into consideration when you're buying a car for that price. You should know that you can't get something for nothing. Right? Well, and also we have the used car rule that requires manufacturers to put the buyer's guide on a used car window that states whether this car is as is mm-hmm. or it's or under the, the warranty. Seller, not the manufacturer, because the manufacturer wouldn't have seen the well, car. Well, I mean the seller, right. the dealer, mm-hmm. the one who's selling the car, right. to put the buyer's guide on the window that mm-hmm. clearly states whether the car is being sold as is or it's under warranty. Right. But what if you buy, like, on the Internet or from your next-door neighbor or a car that's— Then you need to check out the buyer's guide because they're required, and it's a federal law, too, that they got to post— selling a buyer, a, a used car. Exactly. Even an individual needs to tell you whether it's as is or under warranty, how the car is being sold. And how many times has a person you're buying it from sold it with a warranty on it? I guess they could. Uh, Yeah, but I think it's rare. I mean, why would they if they don't have to? Every single car I've ever seen on the side of the road is as is. Right. They they can't because they just don't know. But it puts the buyer on notice. So you need to understand when you purchase that used car that there needs to be a notice, and if there's a warranty, they've got to tell you about it, mm-hmm. but typically there is not going to be a warranty on a used car. Right. So, and that goes to the next set of rights. You don't have the right to a used car that runs like a new car or to use a car that is free of defects to a used car that is free of defects because you're buying a used car, mm-hmm. okay? Right. Unlike our station manager who had did the right thing, buying a brand new car, and you must, did you check it out or test drive it when you bought it? Yes. And did you do your research in the Consumer Protective Report? Yes. Okay, so you did all the right things. You're so smart. Mm, yes. Oh, yes. Everybody do like he does. Act like he acts. He's right. The right thing. He's well, got a right. car that's, uh, it looks like it's going on 10 years old. Almost. Yeah, I've been yeah. taking care of it, doing yeah. all the maintenance and things like that. Oh, you're so. so smart. You're lucky fiance. Mm. Okay. Um, I will say that our car, I will give a shout out to my own husband. Our cars run very well. He picked good cars. Good. <laughs> so, so, so he doesn't feel like he's not he's not being respected just because our station manager has has been so wise, like Solomon, who right. they didn't have cars in, I guess. Um, now, what if the dealer says, um, I can take, or the used car seller says that they can take your word for the good condition of the car. Yeah. Remember that spoken promises are difficult to enforce. So have your cell phone out. And be recording that. As an attorney, yeah. I re- you can record if you're not an attorney and not let them know you're recording in Texas. And that goes yeah. for everything. But if it's not in writing, yeah. you know. But you can enforce it if it was a statement that's still an enforceable that's contract. Hard. It's hard That's to a do. promise. It's hard. That's why you get your cell phone out these days. Ask the buyer, I mean, ask the seller to put all promises in writing. That's right. Very that's what I was just saying. Um, Needs to be in writing. Now, how do um, I know whether other warranties apply to the car? Used car dealers are required by federal law to post a buyer's guide in every used car that they offer to sell. But remember, that's used car dealers. That's not an individual. 
the buyer's guide contains, and you pay a premium to a used car dealer because they're not an individual, and so you have more rights with them. Right. Um, the buyer's guide contains important information for consumers, including whether the car comes with a written warranty. If a dealer is offering used cars that do not have buyer's guide posted on them, you can sh- you should consider you going to them. another dealer. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So CarMax, being a used car dealer, would have mm-hmm. to have this buyer's guide in it. So they've done a little research for you, and you're going to pay a little higher than you'd pay somebody off the street, which is another reason why if the person on the street's telling you, well, you can get it ho- over here at CarMax for the same price, well, no, you're not getting the same benefit because you don't have the same laws that apply to somebody off the street. So they should be selling it to you for a little bit cheaper. Now, mm-hmm. what if I signed a paper saying I was purchasing the car as is? A dealer might ask you to sign a document saying that you're purchasing the car as is, and they usually do. Right. Remember that a dealer is not allowed to sell a car as is um, in some states, but in Texas, you can. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you might want to buy your as is in a state that has it. Right. For example, in District of, in District of Columbia, you want to go all the way up and visit, you know, Trump and buy your car up there. Right. Um, they can sell, they, they can actually sell, they, the dealer is not allowed to sell the car as is. They've got to tell you about the warranties, the implied warranties. Right. So you may want to go, I don't know if they have in Louisiana, but you might want to go to a different state. But we love Texas. We think you can still get a good deal if you do your homework. Right. Um, so what can I do if the dealer refuses to honor a warranty? Very important. A question we get all the time. Right. The dealer says, you did it. It's not my problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. your fault. Um, you drove a, it's not my fault that, it, that, you know, the engine blew out halfway to, you know, to Baton Rouge Mm -hmm. because uh, you bought it from me and buyer beware, right? Mm -hmm. If the dealer refuses to make the repairs that they are legally required by a written warranty or by an implied warranty, then you can sue the dealer for up to $10,000 in small claims court in Texas, and you can take them to a county or district court, mm-hmm. or even if it's, if it's a different state and there's, you know, the, um, I guess there's a diversity of, of the party, Jurisdic- uh, uh, for the jurisdiction, you can sue them in federal court, and I've seen that quite a bit. The problem is if you've got a contract that says you have to arbitrate, you can't right. sue them until you go through the arbitration process. Right. So read your contract carefully before you buy from a dealer. Right. Um, the small claims court is designed to allow ordinary people to bring small cases without the help of an attorney. Mm-hmm. So if you have a case that's under ten thousand, you think the repairs are under ten thousand, mm-hmm. that you do, you can prove because you had your cell phone it was recorded. Go to small claims court. It doesn't cost that much to sue them. Mm-hmm. It you just can't roll over and play dead. If you got a bad deal, don't let it rip you off. You've got to stand yeah. up for your rights. Mm-hmm. Now, what are the laws that may help me in my case against a dealer? Um, well, the consumer protection laws in the state of Texas, um, and you can find these at in the DMV or the DPS, all of the places where you can go. You can contact an attorney. You can contact us if you want to. Right. Contact us on Facebook. We can, we can direct you on what the laws are for it. But there are many, many laws that will protect you if someone doesn't um, satisfy their implied warranties under the DPTA are uh, and are the express warranties that are under the contract. Um, mm-hmm. What are some questions I should ask the salesperson about the used car? Mm-hmm. And there's a many of them. Well, there did, sure are. Did the dealer get the car as a trade-in or in an auction? Ask them this question specifically. Have your recorder. Hold them to it. Um, if the dealer got the car at an auction, the dealer may not know much about the car's history. So get a Carfax. They're yeah. really inexpensive. Right. It's only like $15 and to go online quick and, and easy. get it. Yes. Right. Um, if the dealer got the car at an auction, did the car come through a line on a green light, yellow light, or red light? A green light means the seller denied knowing of any frame damage, water damage, or problems with the car's title. A 
a yellow light or red light means there's a problem with the car, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Um, if the dealer got a car as a trade-in, does the dealer have the former owner's service orders and repair tickets? Ask for them. Did the, does the person you're buying it from, did they have that? They can get it from the person they bought it from if they were only the first, the second owner. Okay, Tony, so what is your advice if, uh, if the consumer goes to the car dealer and they ha- have this list of questions and they ask them? I mean, I can imagine the salesperson saying, I don't know. Whether ask it them came to get it. If they the... want the sale, then you walk away until they get it. Yeah. You don't need the car that bad. Do not do what I did when I was 18 years old. I drove my beautiful 1976 TR6, and it was only four years old at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I basically let that thing roll into a dealership, and it was the cutest little convertible you ever saw because the brakes were out, and I didn't have any guys helping me at mm-hmm. the time. You know, I hadn't even hardly dated anybody, mm-hmm. and um, I just thought that they'll, they'll be, do the right thing. I expected people that were always going to be honest and true. Right. No, uh, they traded my, my beautiful TR6 that I'd saved up all my money, you can imagine, as a key punch operator for four years, uh, at three dollars an hour to buy for, I think I got it for like six thousand dollars at the time. That was probably like twenty thousand. I loved this car, and um, they took it as a trade in. They gave me a Sunbird at a, a Pontiac Sunbird, so I got a dumpy mm-hmm. family car right. at a high interest rate. That it was the lemon law should have applied because it was new and it didn't. And I don't remember my life being the same after that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing was the same. It was so. Like, it was the sun had gone away. Just so like, hold their feet to the fire when you have yes. these questions. Don't be intimidated by evasive answers. Don't buy their uh, just uh, trust me language, right. and don't fall in love with what the car looks like or anything. Mm-hmm. It's, you're not in that much of a hurry for a car. There's a gazillion of them out there. No kidding. Um, you want to ask them if the car's been involved in an accident. Mm-hmm. A lot of people trade cars in after they've been in an accident. And ask. Carfax will tell you that. Carfax will tell you that. But what if they didn't report that? And what if the dealer? New and it was hidden very well. What if they're? What if it's the person selling it to you because their sister-in-law owned it? It was in a car accident, and they've got a body shop guy that's a brother-in-law, and you just don't know. Right. So you need to ask and get a recording because if you find out later that it was because you didn't do the test drive, you need to get somebody to look at it. Then it's your own fault. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. May I test drive the car? Please mm-hmm. do test drive the car and get somebody that knows something about cars to test drive it with you. Mm-hmm. Um, may I have the mechanic's inspection report? If you don't have a mechanic. If you don't know a mechanic, may I have a mechanic inspect the car? If you don't know a mechanic, ask the local American Automobile Association, the AAA, chapter for a list of mechanics to look at the car mm-hmm. at the shop. Right, to recommend don't one drive that car off Absolutely. without them. Make sure you do your homework like our station manager did. Mm-hmm. Look at the consumer reports. Find out how mm-hmm. bad it is. Does the car come with a warranty? Get it in writing. Will the dealer put it in warranty? Any other promises in writing? If they won't, walk away. Right. Okay, now we have to take a break. Yeah, into it. yeah. <laughs> Research the upkeep of the cost for the models you're interested in. Yes. There's there's a lot of things that you need to do, and we'll talk about that more after we after the break. Uh, the Legal Connection Show with Tony and Cheryl talking about Texas Lemon Law and used cars. We'll be right back after the break. Have a legal question? Are you a resident of Montgomery County? Call 281-645-6344 to talk to a volunteer attorney from the Woodlands Bar Association. We answer the phones on the first Monday of every month at 281-645-6344 from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. to provide general legal information and information about legal resources to Montgomery County residents. 
Hey, Montgomery County and online listeners. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Vibes with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Vibes with Soul, Miss C.C. Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in old-school R&B, and of course, a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy. So tune in. That's right, tune in. Every Friday and Saturday, right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM, or worldwide at IRLongStar.com. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your question. Get seen on TV or YouTube and heard on our podcast, FM, and Internet Radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are talking about Texas Lemon Law today, and we're talking about purchasing used cars. And that's really kind of the focus of, of you know, when the Lemon Law applies and doesn't apply, it does not apply to used car purchases yep. um, unless there's some sort of extended warranty and, and the dealer was on notice that there was some sort of uh, issue going on with the car, but it's, it's very narrow. And, and we were talking on the break about just the the heartbreak of my first car, my be- my beloved, beautiful, cherry red convertible TR6, my English racing car. I saved all my money. I worked 15-hour days, key punching at $3 an hour with no overtime to save up for this car. And my dad checked it out, and he was, you know, knew all about that kind of thing and test drove it. And I loved this car. I got personal plates on it that said Tony T, and I was cheerleading for the Oilers at the time. And, you know, I was just you know, I just assumed everything was good. My life was just cheery and happy, and the sun was always out. Everything's, you know, sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And um, the brakes went out, and I had put all these extra trim on it, and, you know, I'd done all these things. Like a guy, I was a guy about this car. And I took it to the, the Renaissance Festival when that first was developing, and I took it to, to college to visit with my friends. And this car was just my dream car. And then the brakes went out. And I didn't know anything about fixing cars. I, right. And my dad, I was living on my own, and I didn't really know and I just thought it was going to be really expensive to fix the brakes on this English car. Right. And so it basically rolled into the dealership with me, and they convinced me to trade this thing in for $1,500 value. Wow. My beloved convertible red TR6, which I still want one, like with the wooden dashboard and the whole bit. And um, and the car I got, the Sunbird, was just, a, it was a lemon. I mean, uh, my you just don't know. I was very naive. I trusted everybody. Mm-hmm. And just like we were saying on the break, you don't know these things when you— it's like when you're a naive young girl, you trust everybody. And it, it took, you know, to my third husband to know what to look for in a husband. And it's taken to my, you know, fifth car to know what to look for and the questions to ask for right. in a car. And so, and to be persistent and don't yes, take evasive answers. Yes, and don't just, yeah. re- don't take what people tell you as the truth because as well-meaning as they are, people have a lot of vices. 
Money's important. They're trying to feed their families. They do what they need to do. Right. It, it may be a little white lie to them, but it's your car. You're going to be stuck on some, you know, halfway, you know, uh, in Centerville on 45 with no place to go. And that right. kind of goes toward um, used um, car buying scams. Scams, right. And okay. so I'm going to ask our station manager, do you know of any used car buying scams? No, that come to my mind. Okay. Well, we're going to go over a few of them. Title washing is the first one okay. that came up. Uh, do you know what title washing is? No. Okay. Title washing is a scam, one that gets rid of a salvaged vehicle's salvage status. When somebody gets in a wreck and their car is damaged, it, uh, the insurance company buys it back for salvage value. People don't know this, but you can actually negotiate with the insurance company and keep the car provided that you it's a salvaged title and you can pay them for the same thing that they would sell it for. We mm-hmm. didn't learn that until... Uh, Jim's beloved, another red convertible, his 66 Mustang, was recently totaled, even though it didn't seem like it should have been. And he was offered the opportunity to buy it back for its salvage value. So he could have gotten the insurance for what the damage was and still buy this car back for its salvage value, which we elected not to do. But um, and just got the car so we can buy another. Was it a lot less than what it was, the insurance paid? Oh, yes. Paid? Um, no, no, the insurance paid us quite a bit. We were, right. So they paid mm-hmm. the, and the salvage value the was The salvage value less. was very low. We could have really? kept the body, that car and everything and had this beautiful car if we wanted to fix it up, but it was salvage. Okay. This is what happens though. Vehicles that have been repaired after serious car wrecks or natural disasters, such as floods, take on a salvage value status. While not all salvage value vehicles are nightmares, buyers do want to know what they are taking on when buying one. Right. You can buy a car for salvage value, sure. but you're not going to get insurance on it unless mm-hmm. it's salvage value insurance. And it's not safe. It'll never get inspected mm-hmm. until it comes, it gets back up to par. So the inspection, it's no longer considered a salvage vehicle. And mm-hmm. that would be something about how you fix that up. And I'm not a car person that, that fixes salvage cars. I just know that when you buy a salvage car, you better know what you're buying. Mm-hmm. However, by title washing, the seller can hide the fact that the title has been through any sort of damage, whether that be a flood for Hurricane Ike, the recent floods that we have, and it happens all the time, Mm -hmm. Harvey, um, someone being in a severe wreck, they can hide it. And the way they do that after I was reading about it is they can market the car to another state and they can hide the title and it comes back into the state when they buy it back with a non-salvage status. Mm. And so, but if you do your homework, you can research the car all the way back to its original, um, you can go to the DMV and you can ask for those records and you can research it all the way back to its manufacturing. Okay. And you need to do that because mm-hmm. any sign that it was salvaged, and you should know if they're giving it to you for a really good deal, then um, a too good of a deal, a right. deal is, you know, right. a, an offer you can't refuse mm-hmm. kind of deal, then um, it's probably something where the title has been tampered with. So be very, very careful about that. Title washing is, um, is uh, I think insurance companies can find that out, but you can do your own homework very easily. You don't need to be an attorney to look that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next thing is what's called curb stoning. Have you ever heard of that? Never. Okay. And uh, station manager, Dick, have you ever heard of curb stoning? Me either. Curb stoning scams involve car dealers posing as private sellers to avoid national and state regulations related to buying and selling used cars. We're not talking about the big people. We're talking about small dealerships. That buy at the auction. The ones off of oh, 75 yeah. here, you know, yeah. lots of them. Often these and dealers- And this is called curb stoning? Oh, and you'll know why in a second. Often these dealers will post advertisements selling the vehicles as if they were owners themselves. Right. Um, and what they do is they put it on the curb. Mm-hmm. And they're, 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 they can move the title into their own name. They haven't taken title into the dealership name. And a lot of times they don't have to do that because it moves really fast. Mm-hmm. And they put it on the curb like they're a private seller. And you think right. you're working with a private seller and you're not. Yeah. And um, they avoid a lot of the paperwork of, and the things that they have to disclose to you by doing that. So be very aware of that. 
you may be buying from a, 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 a fraudulent transaction from an actual dealer or a small dealer. It's not that hard to be a dealer in Texas if the car's on the side of the, the curb and they're just saying, at, you know, selling the car there, all right? Before you buy a car from a private seller, check to make sure the seller's driver's license matches the name of the car on the title, mm-hmm. okay? Um, odometer fraud is one of the big ones. Mm-hmm. You see it all the time. An odometer yeah. fraud scam occurs when someone has tampered with the vehicle's odometer to make it look as though the vehicle has lower mileage. Mm-hmm. Although digital odometers were once thought to be less susceptible to tampering, they're actually just as easy to manipulate. So don't fall for that. Um, it says, uh, whenever possible, ask for a vehicle maintenance records from the used car you're considering and try to match up the records to the actual current odometer reading, mm-hmm. okay? So if you ask for the records, just do your homework. If you're buying it from somebody who's only the first or the second owner, and like like station manager Dick, many people that like their cars keep them for a long time. Mm-hmm. If there's been an erect, there's, it's going to turn over many, many times. If there's problems with it, it's turning over many times. Mm-hmm. So do your homework and ask for those maintenance records and, and do the car facts. Check the title yourself from the DMV. Do not get sucked into buying something um, right away because you're in a hurry or you're being, you just feel like it's the deal of the century. It's never the deal right. of the century. That's always the problem. Escrow scam. Mm-hmm. When a seller puts an escrow scam, he's directed you to deposit money into a fake escrow account. Once the money arrives, the seller and the vehicle disappears. Mm-hmm. Do not put your money into a fake escrow account. All those Nigerians that say, you know, just put it right here. It's the best deal ever. Don't fall into it. Perhaps the best way to avoid an escrow scam is to do all business face-to-face, including the exchange of money. If you must use an escrow account, make sure you have used a secure payment network for all these email sales. Mm-hmm. Um, fake certified used cars. Don't fall into that scam. Simply put, legitimate certified used cars can sell for more than those that are uncertified. Um, protect yourself from this scam by understanding that certified used cars come from franchise dealers only. Low ball price scams, yeah. open retail scams, warranty scams. There's all kinds of scams. Just be careful. Yeah. Well, so this has been good. We've been talking about Texas Lemon Law and purchasing used cars. And I just think that, you know, the take-home message needs to be if you're purchasing a used car. Well, if you purchase a used car you and you get a lemon, you have the Texas lemon law available to a you. A new car. New car. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, but if you purchase a used car, do your due diligence. Do the your does homework. Not protect you. The three-day rule does not protect you. No, it doesn't. Get it in writing. Ask for all the records. Do a test drive. Get a candidate to look at it That's at right. the dealership or whoever you bought it from before you exchange any money. Exactly. And make sure that any promises are in writing. Just like with the house, if you want them to hold it, you give them just a small fee to hold it, maybe $100 to take it off the market long enough. Because if it's that great of a deal, they'll sell it really quick later. Right. And we want to remind you to... Serve God by serving others. That's right. Reach out to us. Questions at LegalConnectionShow.com. We're here every Tuesday from 12 to 1 on 104.5 and 106.1 Conroe's FM or IRLoneStar.com. We'll see you next week, guys.